me and person X have a relationship, you know, hall in the bathroom, in the kitchen, to myself, in class. Okay. You know, because he values me. But it's not like we're really together, you know. It's just like, I don't know who person X is. Nobody knows. Simply King Podcast, and it's your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. And today is a special one, uh, as they all are. This is another great episode. Today, I have someone who I have been wanting to have on the show for quite some time now. Um, wanted her to be a part of this series that really fell through and ended up getting shelved, but the subject matter nonetheless still had to happen. And I like I like I just told her that, you know, I usually don't do these, you know, real formatted type of, you know, intros. Cause I like to just, you know, feel it and give it away. But baby girl SoundCloud uh, yeah, bio is like everything to me. It's just like she it's like when you get to one of those, you know, uh tell me about yourself type of questions. And then you're impressed when they tell you about themselves. It's really good and very well put. But today, I have with me singer, songwriter, and producer talking about the trifecta of R&B music. 23 years old from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I have formerly known as Kaya, but now going by Kaya Nova. Who is influenced (laughs) by classic soul, neo-soul, and current wave of alternative R&B. Her sound is a bridge between the generations of music she has grown up with. Channeling artists such as Solange Knows, D'Angelo, my personal favorite, and Erica Badu, everyone else's favorite. And more, she strives to tell a story not only with her voice, but with her producing as well. How you feeling? How you feeling, Kaya? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Fayetteville, that's... How big is Fayetteville? How big? It's not big at all. It's it's a very, very small town. Um, everybody knows everybody kind of thing. You you know, you're bound to see someone you went to high school with when you go to Walmart. It's it's very small. <laughs> you know, J. Cole is like our, our pride and joy right now, but that's... It's a small town, and I, mostly all of my family is really from New York, so... We're from the north, and we just live down here. So, even though I grew up here most of my life, I still have some city in me. So, <laughs> I hear I hear it like a, a, a like a like a twang in your voice. Yeah, I don't, tell me about that. Pick up on, people pick up on on things in my and how I speak that I don't even pick up on. But um, but most people can can hint that I have, you know, some family from the islands, Haiti and Guyana, and and like I said, New York. So, we're from oh, all I over. mean. I, I truly going to school in the AUC because, oh, yes, she is a Spelman alumna as well. I almost forgot to can't forget to mention that part because they, they, that's I got a lot of people who will come at me for that one. You know, she chose to change the world. So you got to mention that part. Um, but no, I truly believe that literally every black individual from who lives and is from New York 
is like not from here. Like it didn't start <laughs> here. I know we none of us started here, but they didn't start here a lot, a lot more recently. I'll say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. Which is beautiful though. Like I appreciated the hell out of that. You know, made me start putting sets on in my food. Didn't even use that before. <laughs> 2011 you know what i'm saying i was just lorries and old bay you had your regular season sauce but that song changed my life um but uh i i must you know i must kind of you know praise you real quick uh i came across your page randomly as hell i feel like just from like retweets on twitter and whatnot and I started. I just immediately followed you because the the tweet itself was something that I thought that was very thought provoking. Can't even remember exactly what it was, but I believe it was on the realm of something, maybe something about being a hopeless romantic or something like that. Because that was, I feel like, in that moment, that was probably the vibe I was in. It might be why it connected to me. Mm-hmm. But um, right after me following you, literally, I kept seeing like screenshots after screenshots <laughs> of people that I knew. And then, like, as I, you know, did more digging and, like, actually went to your page, it was like, oh, she went to spell. Okay, that makes sense. It's actually people who I may know who may, you know, it may be some mutual acquaintances in here. Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy, right? (laughs) Until, you know, I kept seeing it from people that I know had no connection to the AUC. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, women love with how this woman, you know, is expressing herself in the way she thinks. This is beautiful, you know? And I've always been a a man who, you know, believes in, you know, not only should you pay attention to women, but you definitely should pay attention to the woman that women are paying attention to. And um, Mm -hmm. so so I was like, okay, okay. And um, when it came down to me doing, coming up with this idea, because I wanted to do this for formatic um all all these episodes these four episodes kind of center around breaking down these certain you know norms of just just men talking about the the bad most of course the mad mostly but speaking on just why some of these things occur and um mm-hmm. it was going to be good it's going to be deep and i'm probably going to do it in a very deconstructed way um still because i still have people the people who like yourself who want to be a part of that it still do it just was a timing thing that was just the worst right but i'm yeah. glad you're here and i believe you're going to be the perfect person to have this conversation with yeah i'm excited i'm i'm definitely excited to speak on on this topic because like you said i am i'm a very huge twitter person and i'm a writer you know i can't help it <laughs> oh no I, I i'm the same way i'm the same way you got to let it out yeah saying things and I don't even remember half the stuff that I tweet but I do have a lot of people that tell me you know well you tweeted this that one time and it just really connected with me and Mm -hmm. I'm just like well I'm happy to do so I mean I've any platform that I have I want to be as authentic as possible on it and to you know like pretty much just not only say what I feel but say something that someone else probably needs to hear or wants to say so yeah, I'm I'm very big on Twitter and very big on sharing my thoughts via my words and text, music, you know, poetry, blogging, anything. Like I just I have a lot of thoughts in my head, so I'm never never ashamed to just put them out there. So I'm very excited to actually just talk and like have people just hear me say these things versus just writing them down. Girl, you you are preaching to <laughs> the choir leader, you know what I'm saying? Because just, just the, just the last thing you said. Of course, I have a podcast, so I must like hearing myself speak. Um, but this topic, <laughs> the topic—if you couldn't figure it out by the title—we're talking about something that is very common. 
very well known, but still, um, I would say still not analyzed. Imagine it to be, you know, a discovered animal that we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about fuck boys and fuck boyisms. <laughs> I personally uh, don't mind giving a, a, a testimonial expression of myself and, you know, my very, I, I believe my past fuckboy ways. Because mm. I, I believe you got to be honest with yourself. And I, I believe the type of fuckboy that I believe I was is one that I feel is, um, is going to surprise people. But not only surprise people, but allow for a lot of men to understand that, yes, what you did was some fuckboy shit too. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a, a pigeonhole type of thing. Like, you believe that this is only... A certain type of person if you don't fit in that category that's not you and that's mm-hmm. it's really not the case at least what i figured out in my on my own with myself yeah and um so what i'm gonna do is um first get right into the first thing so let's let's talk about you know i don't believe this fuck boy thing is new and i would love to know oh, you know not. it's definitely not i believe i've like when it, when it came down to thinking about this i was like I believe that, you know, words like old ass words back in the day, like player, you know, mm-hmm. Mac, pimp, gigolo, all these different phrases are nothing but kind of different forms of just what I guess what a fuckboy was in the past. This this would have been this is the modern day version of all of those things. And I would okay, love to. I, would say, I, I definitely agree. Um to, to that extent I will also say like how you said before that a lot of people don't realize that they are fuckboys and then when we use these like you know names and these titles they kind of separate themselves because they're like oh well a fuckboy looks like he looks like the player or he's the Mac he's the one that has all these kind of girls but you can be a fuckboy and you're dating like one girl and you're like the quote unquote nice guy yes whatever but you have fuckboy tendencies like that's yes a thing. <laughs> that's yes a thing. and honestly that's that's more common than, you know, just being able to look at a guy and just like, oh, well, that's he's clearly a fuckboy. Really, what you deal with are the guys that are like, oh, no, I'm not like that. I'm mm. not out here in these streets like that. I do A, B, and C. I'm mm-hmm. all about this. And then you start dating them, and then it's just like, oh, hold up. You were undercover fuckboy. So oh, it's like, Lord. that's a, yeah, like, I feel like that's more, po- that is more popular than just the classic, like, you know, being able to title it quickly like player mac fuckboy you it's not even like that anymore it's like a whole bunch of people walking around now realizing how problematic and how much fuckery they're putting out <laughs> on the daily basis so that is more so like like how i feel about at least the title part of it like i feel like oh yes there might be some fuckboy in in a lot of in a lot of people that don't think they're fuckboys i agree um, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you took you took that away too. That was that was great. That was great. But I, I for me, I believe it to to be very a thing that I feel like needs to be spoken about because to me, I believe this is the first um, use of use of, of a phrase to describe that individual that sounds yeah. negative. You know, that actually I feel like it's the first one that actually sounds. You know, yeah, that has a negative connotation. That has a yeah. negative connotation. Because you could say player and folks would just be like, oh, okay, he a player. But, but that make it sound cute. You might. Right. That, yeah. And it just comes with a little bit, you know, a different type of vibe. But fuck boy. 
It's like got some sting, got some bite to it. It's real, it's a spicy ass thing. And a lot of men won't don't want to claim that. You know, mm-hmm. like you got men who will call themselves a dog before a fuck boy, call themselves, oh, yeah. you know, that dude before they will that because oh, yeah. they believe that connotation comes with, you know, the sense of you it know comes, it, it comes with and it also comes with status. Yes. Because it is it is a is a positive. It has positive connotations when it when it is spoken amongst men. Um, because it's it's you know a badge of honor to say like you got a lot of girls you know yes, <laughs> but yes. it, yeah but I definitely agree with that that fuckboy has it, it takes a little bit more responsibility to put that title on yourself yes and to say that you've been that or that you are that or anything like that yeah I mean uh, well first question is define what what is a what makes a person a fuckboy what is a fuckboy oh, in your best well, way. Um, I think probably at the top of it is just a, it's a blatant disregard for how your actions affect other people and specifically how your actions as a man affect, you know, either the other women or the other men that you're dating. Mm. Um, it's like this, it, it is rooted in, of course, vanity and narcissism, um, but also insecurity. So mm. it's a mix, it's a mix of those things, but I, but at the heart of it is just like, um, because one thing that's kind of common with a lot of guys is like they do this thing where it's like well it wasn't my intention to a b and c mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like that is still dangerous to not be aware of how you're affecting someone else to not want to take the time to sit down and think like well maybe me saying this or me doing this is affecting this other person to be just so you know glib about all of that yes that's kind of like how the fuckboy, like the heart and soul of what it means to be a fuckboy is to just literally like be so wrapped up in you and what you have going on that you just aren't considerate and not willing to take responsibility for how the things that you do and say or don't do and don't say can affect someone that you're supposedly supposed to be in some type of relationship with. Mm. I'm going to call Webster. I will be right back. I hope that was clear. It was. We can chop it up, put the little, you know, the number one and the number two and the number three. It can be, it's, it's to add the nuance to the word. You feel me? But yeah. no, to, to give you give you me, give you a little bit more of how I kind of came to this place that I feel that I am now. When I feel like, you know, we all just kind of got to reflect and get better and look at ourselves from a place of if we truly want to improve, we got to check our flaws, check, uh, you know, decisions Definitely. we've made and why we are where we are. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a lover. I've always identified myself with that. But I believe that when I believe there, I, could, I think about myself in two different ways, you know, mm. Rodney in a relationship and Rodney single, I believe her operate in two different ways which yeah. i believe they should mm-hmm. but i still think there is a right and wrong way to go about that yeah, now what i what i recognize from myself while being in college where you know this is the birth of the factory the manufacturing yeah. plant for a lot of fuck boys um <laughs> and especially in the auc where it's about oh, 27 yeah. to 1 30 to 1 if you include the whole auc because i went to cau so it was already enough Mm-hmm. No time to go, you know, past the gates. Um, so for me, what I recognize about myself, because I never seen myself 
or put myself into that role because it was like, for one, I used honesty as an excuse, mm. which I later kind of, I would say, uh, analyzed to be a, a more a, a tactic of malip, a manipulation, which I think is something that fuck boys do often. Mm. Uh, me being honest kind of draws away any type of uh, accountability. Right. So if I tell you, you know, this is who I'm, I'm you're not the only person I'm dating. We're not, we're, this is where I'm mm-hmm. at. This is where I want to be. You know, you can ask me whatever and I will let you know. This, that, and the third, I'm blah, 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 blah. And that honesty now relieves me from something. At least that's the, that's the illusion. So what occurred was now all decisions made on her part and their parts. It was it was like I, they couldn't be so upset with me. I chose yep. to keep sleeping with them. I chose to keep, even though I knew he was dating other people and I felt some type of way and I might have had feelings. And he told me, I still chose to do this. So it was like mm-hmm. almost deflecting the blame. Um, yep. So I see myself as an anti-hero of sorts. I believe I had all the qualities I would need because I've seen them when I'm in a relationship. Uh to be a good guy as I'm a single man as well. And um, I think I just, I feel like I use those things for the wrong things a lot, you know? And it yeah. was that factor of just being honest, that factor of kind of, you know, definitely kind of saying everything that needs to be said to kind of, you know, keep it right, keep it right where, you know, you want it to be. Um, and I never see myself as that until I kept realizing, I like, the pain that I was causing people. Yeah. And once it was like, and the, sto- the story is very simple. Literally, person that I literally, honestly, only use for sex. And I'm not proud of it. At that moment, that's just what, what, what I thought I should be doing, what I thought I could do. And we had sex for the very last time we ever did. It was the same routine as it always is. You, I come, we get it going, I leave. Mm. This time, there was a little bit difference. There was a there was a slight, you know, change of the script, Kaya. Okay. And you tell me, you tell me if I reacted in the best way. So, what I what happened was, I'm about to put, you know, I'm getting, I'm gathering my things, about to go ahead and, you know, hit this door. She stops me and she says to me that she has something to talk to me about. I'm kind of thrown off. Because yeah, those are like anxiety-provoking words. <laughs> they are because if you if you could just scroll through all of our text messages, we we talk about nothing but what we're currently doing, and okay. when maybe the next time. The the, the conversation never excuses, never uh, how you're doing or nothing. I don't even know if she can spell hey, you know. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking, what do we have to? I'm thinking maybe she it's about to be a wild card. Maybe it ain't even about us. Maybe she's about to ask right. me about, you know, like a, a, a job reference or something crazy, right? Of course, I was wrong. She wanted to express how she felt. She essentially expressed, in, you know, the feeling that, you know, I have these feelings for you. Um, I don't like that I see you out and I can't, like, actually embrace you with what I know we, we what we do. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel used. You like I've 
attempted to, you know, call you to get you to come over and for us to hook up. And you, 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 the times that you do that for me and I do that for you are just imbalanced. You only, you only come when you want to come, not mm. when I want you to. Mm-hmm. And I find that is a problem. I find this yeah. is an issue. If we're going to do this thing, this is what it needs to be for me, too. It needs to be a benefit for me, too. So yeah. it was this interesting, like, I have feelings for you, but I know I can have you, but I still want this, but I still whatever, whatever, whatever. In the midst of this um, debriefing of her feelings, she started to kind of, you know, get emotional. And I'm really thrown off. So I'm just like, Man, I should have got out the door a little faster, right? Mm. But then I, I'm glad I stayed because she kept going and kept saying more things. And it got me an immediate react. If, if I didn't witness this, I wouldn't have recognized the pain that I was causing her. Right. And yeah. so I said to her, okay, I'm sorry. This is what we need to do. We do not need to have sex anymore. So... You don't have to worry about me communicating with you for that. And which implies for any other reason. (laughs) Did you did you ever address why you would only come over when you wanted to and not when she wanted you to? Yes. What was the what was the reason behind that? Oh, it was it was a very arrogant um, explanation for sure. It was just like I've. I mean, that's that's what I chose to do type of thing. I definitely was like on my shit, like, oh, I mean, I, I come when I can, you know, whatever, whatever. It was bullshit for sure. Can't remember the exact verbiage, but I remember that's how I responded. Um, and I said that I was like, OK, because I really just didn't expect for her to react in that way, for her to get that emotional about it. But that's told me, like, not only was I ignoring this connection that she felt from me and these emotions that she were growing from me, but I was truly bypassing all that for my own gain. And her doing it, and I said, you know, well, let's let's kill this, let's stop this, you know, let's just end all of this. You don't have to expect me to come at you like this anymore. And I truly meant that in that moment. And she says to me, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I want us to stop. Right. Because that ain't what she's saying. But that that right there was like the, the epiphany. That was like the light bulb, right? Like in the phrasing that she was using, she was sitting here telling me that she that I caused her pain because of this is how I see her and this is how I view her and this is what I'm doing right. to her. Mm-hmm. But yet she still wants this to continue in some way, shape, or form, even though my intentions are not well well at all and they won't change just because she confronted it they they won't and that's where i have to do that's why i like came to the conclusion this is what we need to do we need to just cut this off stop this because i just i just don't feel you know i I didn't feel quote-unquote comfortable in the moment and then after that i couldn't see after that i literally could not even see i saw all my all my other shit from just that one moment um with everyone else that i that i dated there okay thereafter that's okay (laughs) so that is very that is very common and it's honestly very frustrating as a woman um when you bring up a situation that's bothering you and then the response you get is okay well let's just dead this Mm -hmm. like the issue the issue wasn't you know if i wanted to dead it i would have just said 
nigga, don't text me no more. Like, yep. you don't need to come over here tonight. Like, if that's what I wanted, I would have said those things. I wanted to talk about a specific situation and how I felt about it and then have some kind of exchange and then do something to fix that. Like, the thing is, is like, she might not, she may have had feelings for you, yes, but she also could have just been reacting over the fact that she's simply frustrated. Mm -hmm. And like, that is, that is frustrating to deal with. Like, especially mm -hmm. when it's just a simple sex relationship, you're not asking for much here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not asking you to come to my door with flowers and to buy me food and take me out and tell your friends about me. I'm not asking for any of that. Mm -hmm. We have a simple agreement where clearly this is a sexual thing. So then why is it that when I ask, can we get together? You know, there's no response on your end. Like, and that could have been just a conversation. And then you could have been like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Like I could be more open to when you need me versus just only coming through when I want to come through. And then y'all probably could have just moved forward from there. But yeah, that, that is also like the issue with a lot of guys is it's just like there's like this block when it comes to addressing conflict. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some and I'm, you know, hey, girl was frustrated. So she started crying. Like, but sometimes girls don't even get to that point. We're just like, this is something that bothers me. But the response we still get is. Yeah, so we probably shouldn't do this anymore. Like, oh, that's not what I was saying at all. Yeah, like, it was the tears that it was the tears that made that yeah, my decision right. because the first the first thing you said was kind of like, okay, let me let me okay, I can I cannot be be you know be that person and you know and do and and, and be and be more balanced in this arrangement. Right. Um, but because of that, I'm like, so this this feels like pain. And I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt you because I, I don't believe for what we are, I don't, I shouldn't cause you this pain. That's what I thought in the moment. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I belittled what the action of what we were doing was and that mm -hmm. that wasn't worth her building any type of, you know, emotional connection to me. And I think that, you know, that and other things I believe I've done were, you know, what I believe I, I justified everything in my head because it was, you know, I was being honest. I was saying this, I was saying that. And I believed that people who were quote unquote, you know, fuck boys, players or whatever, whatever they were, you know, you had to keep up your lies. You had to kind of, you know, connive a little bit to kind of keep this kind of ruse going. When, uh, with, with me, it was just the, the honesty was the rules. It was like, this was the trick. This was the, the thing, it just, it may not be, you know, the exact same, you know, formula, but I'm still doing the exact same thing as these other people. Um, right. And that's manipulating you to do and do what I want you to do and also just comply and be cool. Even, but when you are left, you know, left idle to think about it, to process, of course, you're going to sit there and think like, this dude really got me fucked up. Mm -hmm. And... Once I kind of came into, you know, realization of that from that specific situation, I had to really draw back and it it affected me in a lot of ways. And I truly, truly uh, can say that was where, you know, the calm down occurred, mm -hmm. you know. But okay. but I'm, I'm glad I'm good. I appreciate your input on that on, on the past me, though. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> that was like 20 I've dealt with a few, a few past years. You know what I'm saying? That had to be like 20-year-old 20, 20 me, 21-year-old me. Um, but no, to keep it moving, my next question is, are fuckboys created or born that way? Um, I think probably both. 
Damn. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, like, cause like I said, going back to how I originally defined what it means to be a fuckboy and just kind of like this general, um, just being inconsiderate of mm-hmm. the people that you're dating and how you're affecting them. That kind of that's like indoctrinated. At just as a part of manhood and not every every man is like inconsiderate i don't mean it in that way like to just bash all men but i mean it in a sense of that it is kind of a common trait of masculinity to be um to be inconsiderate in that way to the person you're dating to as where the things that they express and how they express them don't really come across to you because like you just explained like when she started crying you just kind of got freaked out like why are you crying and not really about what the issue was mm-hmm. and your response was just like yeah i'm out of here you know like so it's kind of like that's where i feel like that can just be kind of like an innate trait for a lot of men um but then i also think that that you know fuck boys are created in a sense because especially when guys date women and like women break their hearts like we y'all oh my god y'all never get over that like mm-hmm. and i think honestly you don't get over it because you guys have such a small space to express your feelings in yes. a way that it's healthy like and not express your feelings in like oh well i'm gonna just you know go get with another girl or i'm gonna yes. just start drinking or i'm gonna just keep going out and, and you know like all this kind of stuff and that's just like a whole other branch of just toxic masculinity that we could break down another day but but yeah so it's like that that can happen that way um and then you know after that first girl that breaks your heart or does something that you know messes up your life you kind of just continue to go through life thinking that you know all women are this way so i'm gonna just like do this emotional block thing because this girl broke my heart back in high school and i'm not going through that again so that's kind of just how a lot of you go about it and then of course the way that the culture and you know things influence us like mm-hmm. media and culture that stuff influences us even us as adults For sure. so um it's definitely glamorized to be that way when it comes to women to be very you know nonchalant and cavalier and just whatever like it that that's a thing that's a thing to do so it's kind of like a nature nurture you know debate <laughs> oldest debate in science but uh, it is i think it's it's a both it's an innate thing and then it's also stuff that is learned and then praised when you start doing it then it's like oh well i can be this way because it's okay to be that way um so it's a little bit of both um but that that's not to say that good guys don't exist <laughs> oh no i, I know they you do know, that, i know they do you know, yeah but I, but I think for me I, I think about just you know what my old football coach used to say you know we don't get better from us glorifying what we do right we get better from noticing what we do wrong and seeing our mistakes and correcting those mistakes and i believe you know the 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 vibe and just the, the nature of, you know, quote unquote, being a fuckboy and, you know, hyper masculinity. But I, I, I wrote that question down to ask you because there's a certain school of thought and kind of a specific study area in science called epigenetics. I would love for you to look that up. I mentioned it before on a previous episode. I believe it was my uh, Me, Myself and Love episode with V. It's a fan favorite. Definitely check that out. Everyone who's listening. But epigenetics essentially is the the area of science where they speak on the behavior, the like actual from a heredity from a heredity standpoint, like your fa- mm. like they essentially the old phrase of you know alcoholism runs in the family, you know, yeah. everybody get a little little bit drunk. Uh, that's what epigenetics essentially monitors and tries to figure out which one is it. Is this you know? 
it kind of just breaks down, you know, is this part of your genes, this behavioral part of your genes because of things that occurred in your past and because of your parents. And I think about, you know, the rolling stones of the past who where you see so many things kind of keep on persisting where you find out you meet men and you find out that their father, their grandfather and their great grandfather had very similar behavior. Yeah. You yeah. know, you find out that, you know, great granddaddy had about three or four or five different side families. You find out Pops was a deadbeat. You and here you are now with your with yourself. And you may say out loud that you want to be nothing like these men. But you still kind yeah, of end up being that. like them anyway. Yeah. And you become them in your own way. You still get to that point. And that's why I believed, you know, it was I definitely don't think it's, you know, a right or wrong answer for, for a question like that. But I do believe that there is something about that. I think the nature and nurture of that specific behavior is something mm-hmm. that I believe is already present. And the fucked up part about it is if that's already present in you, you're coming into a world where they glorify this predisposed yeah behavior that you already possess so it only makes it worse for for a lot of people because i I remember vividly being you know in locker rooms and you know probably one of the worst places for men to all gather right uh (laughs) but literally being in locker rooms and like consciously thinking about how you know it's so much pressure to be you know sexual at an early age and Mm -hmm. to be uh to just be so interested and like you know, just quote unquote, get in with women, just smash as much as you can. Like I remember, like vividly, just being in the locker room in high school, and folks coming to me. I'm not asking for. It. I'm trying to change to go to practice, and they are literally coming up to me with their phones, like, "Hey, bro, such and such, look what she sent me. Hey, such and such, look what she sent me. Mm-hmm. What you got? I'm like." First off, how did you get this? <laughs> That's the first question. I don't. I, I've never asked somebody to say me something like this, and they and, and first off would think they would do it. We're in high school, mind you. You know. Yeah, yeah. So my mind was kind of blown from both of those. From them assuming that I had you know something to show them in return when I didn't even bring myself into this situation. Mm-hmm. But that is just one of small things that kind of just continues to, to go on. Because it's right. this shame of like, oh, you a virgin. Oh, you don't even know nothing about, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's it's and that's something that I've realized um, now more so in my 20s than I did, you know, in high school or in college. It's like mm-hmm. dating for guys and, you know, it almost feels like dating for guys is sometimes more about the other men in that person's life than the actual person they're dating for sure i have a lot of guys that like will ask oh well i'm sure you got a lot of people in your dms and you get all this attention everywhere you go and how many guys like why is that even something that we're talking about and Mm -hmm. you we're just you just met me like Mm -hmm. why why is one of the first things you message me is like so how many dms do you get a date what does that have to do with you including me does does that mess like is that message going to pay your bills like why do you need to know and I feel like a lot of guys consider the other men in a person, in a girl's life or in, you know, a guy or whoever they're dating. They think about the other people more so than the person they're actually dating, because that'll even keep some guys from acting, you know, with you a certain way. If they think that you have like 
you know, all these other suitors or all these people after you, they'll stop, you know, giving you attention or they'll stop like, you know, acting a certain way because they feel like there's all these other people that are doing it for you. And I'm just like, yeah. there is no one. And even if there were 10 other guys, I'm interested in your ass. So why, like, what, what does that have to do with anything? But you're right. Like it's from the beginning of time, how you all are introduced to sex and how you're introduced to dating. It is very much so, um, it's it's like it's communal but not in a good way <laughs> it's not and that and like if you've seen like the footnotes to uh 444 when uh jay-z put those different little visuals out when he was had his album promotion and there is in the footnotes of 444 when he had all these different men a lot of men in the room who cheated on their wives mind you mm-hmm. the jesse you know williams and the they i think um Dwayne way was in the room hove of course a lot of people who, you know, familiar with infidelity, yeah. successful black men who and they, what was actually dope about the conversation was them finally, you know, analyzing and admitting that, you know, I don't know shit. Like, I don't I genuinely don't even know. didn't even know how to love until I almost lost it. I didn't even know that's what I've been feeling the whole time. I didn't right. realize, you know. All the things these old heads that I respected from back in, you know, when I was young were telling me a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Because you just assume that he's older. He got to be right. Let me just listen to the old man who's sitting on the stoop and listen to him and take whatever words and wisdom he gave me and take it on. But the fact of the matter is, and I think it's something I understood and I guess call it a the creation of you know being raised by a single mom and having a sister mm-hmm. um one no one understands no man understands a woman fully so always so i think i've always take because of my mom always taking what men older men have told me throughout my life about women with a very slight grain of lowry yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's a sprinkle because I, I not only because I'm, I'm I, I pay attention to them more than just what they try to tell me that might sound like a word might sound like something deep and I think yeah. about like you know well, you really not the the best husband you're not the best this and not the best that so I think you know this advice is kind of I don't know I don't know how I feel about that but mm-hmm. I but but I believe I believe that you know good habits, good men who want to be great will understand and notice the changes that they have, which, you know, understand what they've done wrong and right. and break that chain and break those, you know, things. Um, I would love to know, very short question, um, can fuckboys only be men? No. I mean, if... I mean, I definitely think that... Because um, it's you know, just the behavior or is it... No, I mean, it is, it is definitely a behavior that has been, you know, gendered. Of course, we, you know, are looking at men mostly when we talk about that. But there are definitely ways that women can be, I guess, fuck girls or whatever you want to give our, you know, put the title on us for. Um, but, yeah, we definitely have our fault as well. Um, and me, like you said about growing up uh, in a single parent home, I my mother was a single parent as well. Um and honestly, a lot of the things that I learned about dating were extremely toxic because she was a single mother mm. um, and because she was um, healing from, you know, my father, and my sister's father and just 
her her own situations with dating and how they had failed her um it was a lot of things put in my head about you know men and dating and when i grew up i realized that they weren't necessarily healthy and i and i too had to learn that through um through a relationship and just seeing how you know crazy like i was a crazy girlfriend and i thought that was okay like because i was you know used to and we honestly we popularized that image um a lot of times in the black family where it's okay to like curse your man out and you know mm-hmm. grab him up and smack him and punch him mm-hmm. and curse at the top of your lungs and, and men love it okay. too I mean, and look, men love that too as well. And I've had men be like, oh, well, I like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's not me anymore. And I'm not about to be that for you. So (laughs) if you want that, go down the street. Like, that's not, because it's it's not healthy. Like, outside of it not being healthy for the relationship, it's not, it wasn't healthy for me as a human being. It was exhausting. It was exhausting to be that volatile and to have someone, you know, that literally would set me off because he's late you know like that 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 was a lot of pressure but i thought that that was how i was supposed to be that's all i saw that's all i saw were women that were ready to pop off you know at the drop of a hat um but again that's that is not a way to be and that's not the kind of person and the kind of partner that i wanted to be um so like i said i we women definitely do have our faults and we do have um, toxic behaviors that we have and that we've grown up to understand and think that are okay to exhibit as partners that really aren't, um, you know, because I have some women in my family that are fine just like using men for money and, you know, doing dating whole men and whole relationships they don't even like just for the fact that, oh, well, he's about to buy me a car or, well, he's paying my bills. So, mm-hmm. like, that's that's not that's not a way to be either. So we like it, it can go both ways and they definitely, you know, can relate to the, the gender roles that we have in society now. Whereas, like I said, a fuck boy relates more to what it means to be masculine mm-hmm. and us being fuck women or fuck girls or whatever can relate to our roles as black women in, in our community and what that means. Um, and again, that might be a whole other thing to, to unlock and unload. But but yeah, we I definitely think that we have our faults we have our faults too um and maybe ours just doesn't have a name yet um, i mean i don't believe i call, I, call, I like to consider myself a womanist adjacent mm. um because i'm not i'm not a woman i don't think i don't think i, I don't think it would be just to call myself a womanist because i'm I, I would still i still have the flaws that i have obviously as exhibited right. from my previous life but i i think that you know so much blame can't go on, you know, women for the way that men are. I think men definitely are driven by, you know, the, you know, the gratification, satisfaction, and mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the gaze of women. But I believe all those things still kind of end within a world that we created. Yeah. And um, and I think that's the biggest part about it all is if if. If men were aware of themselves, then they could expand that awareness outside themselves and certain behavior wouldn't even be a thing to be, you know, allowed. If everybody yeah. in the situation were aware, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know, you know, whoever, whoever that woman is who may, you know, feel, feel that she can, you know, kind of use the situation to, you know, give money or whatever, whatever. She wouldn't choose to do that if it was a man who would be like, hey, you know, I really... I, you know, I just noticed I really you just the only time you really mess with me is when you can kind of get mm. something. And because of that, you know, I really like you, but I feel like, you know, this is not a situation that makes sense. Yeah. And if he can be a grown man and do something like that, 
you it, it'll if that happens if that keeps happening to that young lady then she's gonna be like oh well, damn maybe I need to change <laughs> yeah. but I think it's the cause like I said in my chiv- my chivalry is uh, chivalry, it's chivalry obsolete episode you know when it comes to chivalry when it comes to a lot of things that I've analyzed within just history it's all about control you know <laughs> and yeah. I think a big part about my own fuckboyness from the past was it was about control. Me not wanting to go to her when she asked me to was a way to keep control. Mm. You know, if I never, if I, because I, I, not only was I that way, but I was also, I had very like strong like limits and like boundaries. You know, mm. mind you, we we single, but yeah. I had these rules. You know, and um, and because of I believe. When I'm with them, I give this very intensified, this very intensified uh, presence, which, right. in, in, you know, in retrospect, I get exactly why they felt or felt something from me because I for damn sure gave them all the type of attention, all the type of inner energy when we were together. Mm-hmm. So if they see me out and they want to smile and come speak to me, embrace me in a certain way, I get it. Because when I was with you last night, I was all in your face. Saying oh, yeah, all these not- sweet, all these sweet <laughs> nothings in your ear, you know, <laughs> and, and that's and that's the shit. So, <laughs> so that's what uh, uh, made made all that made all that happen. But I believe it's a nature of it's a reflection more than anything. I believe mm-hmm. we're engineered. I feel like the world and society is engineered for women to be more of our mirrors, like be the reflection of us men, um, instead of the better version of us. And I think now there's this paradigm shift occurring, hence why the phrase fuck boy is now here and why there's so many things happening, why so many women are doing these and, and record numbers doing very unprecedented things and calling motherfuckers out on their shit. And the men are black men are now getting even more upset, like, damn, whatever happened, like y'all, whatever happened to the women that was, you know, uh, you know, uh, you see that all the time on Twitter. Yeah. And I think it's it's a great thing because they, they under, I feel like it's more of a kind of like just intellectual growth. Like more women in college, more women taking women's studies classes, more women just talking to each other and not trying to compete. It's just more of that happening all at once, which I believe breaks down a lot of those really, you know, kind of societal norms. Because they you know these societal norms. You know where they are. You know they're present. And you check men when they get out of line and men don't know how to react because we haven't yeah. done the exact same work that's being done within so many communities of women. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I will also say I think, um, honestly, social media probably plays the heaviest role in why mm-hmm. this conversation is so prevalent with young people because, as you said, um, you know, women are you know educated uh, excuse me educated we're getting degrees and studying this but women who didn't go to college and who didn't go to school were having these same conversations about men just in a smaller scale like we've always been talking about this like you said the player the mag like that's always existed and women have always had these complaints like i'm not saying anything about relationships with men that my mother can't say for verbatim this which is why i can sit down with my mother and talk about men and we can talk about the same thing and, I, and she's 50 and I'm 20. You know, like, so it's, it, these conversations were already happening outside of 
women being educated or having a certain degree or studying a certain thing like we already knew from the jump like mm-hmm. this this isn't this isn't okay and but i think because now we have these platforms um and they're so they're so um just heavy in our society and how the world works social media is literally at the core of how it works whether you like like it or not it's so popular um like those comments and those things like they're they're there to stay they're in front of your face they're black and white like it's not just something you heard um, you know, Tasha down the street say, you're just like, okay, whatever, girl, you're just talking. Like, no, yeah. this this is a conversation that you keep seeing every single day when you get online and you keep scrolling and then people are sharing stories, like horrific stories that are also have been happening since the beginning of time. But now you can get online and see retweets about, you know, a tragic situation of domestic violence or, you know, people sharing their stories as it pertains to uh, sexual assault and things like that. Like that, these platforms are giving us a way to put these issues in people's faces mm-hmm. so that it's not just a conversation I'm having in the living room. Like it, it's something that is not going to go away. And that's, it is uncomfortable. I'm not saying that, you know, that's it's, very not, true. it's not comfortable to be in the hot seat and to, and to always say like here, you know, people say, Oh, well men are trash and this, that, and the other, like that is uncomfortable to read. I'm not going to lie. But the underlying of what it is about is, is just so not about, this boy that I dated in college that broke my heart. Like, that's not why I'm saying that, but that's how men are interpreting it. Yes. And that's kind of what is so sad about the whole thing, because you kind of feel like you're never going to get through because like, it's, it's so not about the relationships and dating and things like that. Like, it's just about the whole system. Yes. Yes. And it's, yeah. I agree. Girl, I'm glad I'm recording this. Um, (laughs) I need to hear this again. Um, But no, the, the next thing I have to say is because this is this is a phenomenon that's been going on and only evolves and morphs and changes as the world changes um, and as society changes uh, because there is there is this foundation of you know patriarchy misogynist misogynistic uh, views and just sexist views and all these different things that are just there. Um, is there a way to quote unquote break this cycle of, you know, this factory of, you know, fuck boys continuously graduating college and entering college? Mm-hmm. Or is um, it something that's inevitable? We have to like we have to have the fuck boys so we have so we actually can say this is what a good man is. Or do do the two of those things have to exist or um, you see what I I'm saying? I don't think- I mean, of course, you know, I can do the whole there needs to be evil so there can be good. But I I don't necessarily think um, that uh, that the fuckboy ideology needs to exist. Um, But what I will say is that I don't think it is not women's responsibility to eradicate it. And because Mm. it's not our responsibility, people think it's our responsibility, but it's not. It may be. On, it may be on us a little bit to bring more to bring awareness to it, which we're already doing. We didn't really, you know, take that on, you know, because we wanted to, but it's just because we had to speak out on it. But it's not our job to fix the issue. It's going to be the men's men have to do that. You all have to talk amongst yourself and have these conversations when boys are young, when they're, you know, in the house. And you have to, first of all, give them outlets and tell them that it's okay to express their feelings because that's how mm-hmm. a lot of the shit starts for why men cannot (laughs) you know why they can't empathize and why they can't you know just understand emotions even their own emotions because they were never given that chance as a child they were told Mm -hmm. very young emotions and manhood don't go together so you need to get rid of one or the other Mm -hmm. so 
it, it needs to start early and it needs to be a conversation that men you know who are you know with the shits and are woke like y'all need to to talk to your friends and to talk to the people around you and to not be afraid to um you know campaign for that and to start your own um organizations or your events like whatever it'll take because it's not it's not going to be on women to fix this i know like people want and love for black women to come in and save the day but we really can't you know like in, in like how they say that um in order to really get rid of you know the slavery mentality and the whole uh racism and thing like that like it's not on black people to fix that True. it's on it's going to be on white people to fix that True. it's the same with this situation like it, it it's going to take a lot of responsibility from men and i will say that um because it is that way i'm not going to say that it can't happen that it won't happen but it's going to take some time because mm. um that's going to be a lot of work you know on of trying course. to shift that mindset a mindset that has been so beneficial to men you're going to have to actually have men that are going to you know have to say like i'm okay with losing the privilege of being a fuckboy in order to not only help the men around me but to help the women that i interact with like that that that's not no that's that's a mature thing to say and think and that's going to take some time but it's possible i'm you know i'm an optimist in that sense like i definitely believe like world peace and change is possible but <laughs> it's gonna have to it's it, it's not gonna come from me oh you know like it, it, it shouldn't gonna... it shouldn't i i think my my advice to all the men who are listening to this because i believe that i'm a person who is still working on himself recovering from recovering and accepting my past actions that I that I believe I've only scratched the surface to understand <laughs> how I've what I've done to people and the effect that I've had on women that I've you know dated and had any type of exchange with that may not have that may not have been uh, in the best interest of them in the best interest of just ex- exchanging of something positive. Mm. Uh, what I would say is to what you're saying. I do believe the responsibility is on me and I agree with you wholeheartedly on that because I believe that there is some, there is a theory that I truly may just, you know, write a book about this one day that I have about just, you know, the black male identity. And I think it's something that I think about on my about myself so much um, because I believe it's something that truly doesn't exist because a lot of if you look at a lot of what we kind of uplift and find to be um, big and bad and the best things of what a man is, a lot of those definitions don't start just with us. There's this, yeah. they're this kind of cool and spiced up flavor filled version of, you know, of white patriarchy that we've made fit us, you know, just like we do with everything else, you know, when it comes to blackness, you know, the, they, they might've created this system, this oppressive system or this oppressive type of culture and we've adopted it in our own way and we've made it into our own thing so that's why there that's why you can compare the two things like you can say you know the way that white men cheat compared to black men cheating is you know it's like you know some differences there the way that black men kind of carry themselves in this way and white men carry themselves in this way there's a difference the way we date the way we quote unquote love and just exchange these different ideas are very different. Mm-hmm. Yet they're still the same thing foundationally. 
still right. some there's still it's still misogyny it's still sexism mm-hmm. no matter yeah. the way you wrap it up and the way how cool you make it sound yeah and i believe that you know so much of that is this very unknown wanting to be the best quote-unquote man based off of the definition that you do not create a definition that you still don't a concept that you still don't even understand yeah and i think a lot of um what it means to be a man or you know ideas of behind manhood are placed on things yes and not about character and just honestly coming into your own as a human being like gender aside like there's just something yes. that you need to understand about being a human you know and it's like those things are, are pushed to the side and taken in place of money and job and mm-hmm. you know having a house and yes. having you know like having things is the core of what it means to be a man for a lot of men and then and then they wonder why you know things like dealing with mental health issues and like depression or like their feelings or their emotions like they don't know how to combat that because their whole life they've been chasing things mm-hmm. to make themselves feel like a man but it's like look you're already a human being you're a person so like you need to address things that human beings go through such as yeah. feeling and yeah. anger and sadness and happiness yeah. and joy like you're not a robot and like you just said about how um you know how racism has created these kinds of they have put restrictions on us and especially especially for black men almost in a sense that it's made you robots like they wanted you to be these robots just these machines that do work just these you know just these labor-minded things and and you're a human being mm-hmm. you know like that that's not who that that may be who they wanted you to be but that's not who you are yes. and even in our own communities we do promote this idea that you know men have to be these tough and rough whatever even mm-hmm. women do the same thing like well, men are not supposed to cry why he crying blah 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 but look at the end of the day you're a person with feelings so yes. you got to start you got to start there you gotta <laughs> you feel. Gotta... and and that's that is the tr- that is the truest statement you you could i couldn't have said it any better and i i truly believe that i truly believe that that you know from a societal standpoint we allow the insecurities of of the, the men who they quote unquote call the founding fathers created in a document to our own lives because we've seen them as this is what life should be. This is what man is. This is, it goes way the fuck back. Instead of creating our own principles on how we want to be, how we want to be with women, how we want to be with our family, how we want to be with ourselves. And I think we only scratch the surface of those things every so often. You know, it has to be mm-hmm. something very drastic or sometimes traumatic for a man to come to his senses, to mm-hmm. finally go to therapy and have a near death experience to finally actually start paying attention to your children yeah. and your wife. Have to almost mm-hmm. lose your wife and family for you to realize that you actually do love and actually do have emotions because the pain that you feel and you mm-hmm. can't even describe it. And you never acknowledge the opposite of that feeling being love. I think it's all the feels. And, you know, it's crazy because me being that that guy who was, you know, that way, I believe, you know, everything that you said was, you know, was all about that. You know, it was, you know, being hurt, you know, kind of, you know, qualifying and evaluating these situations to make them fit for me instead of actually seeing, you know, seeing myself and being aware of myself in the best way. 
and also being aware of the person that I'm interacting with in the best way and everything that they are, the humans that they are and what they feel as well. Actually being, as you said, considerate and compassion, which mm-hmm. are qualities that yeah. you don't see attached to masculinity. But it's even the form of masculinity is too damn much. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Men need to loosen the fuck up, you know? And <laughs> I, I say it all the time with my friend groups. And I've always been the weird one. I've always been the weird one for being this way. But I've always kind of like always stood up in my shit. And they look at me now and say, well, well damn, Rodney kind of had a point back in the day. And I was yeah. like, I know I did. Because I was <laughs> the kid who was in high school who was down to play football, dance, swing, and also preside over an organization all at once. And motherfuckers used to try to dog me. It was like, nigga, you got a dance production? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty damn fun, too. <laughs> and it was expression. It was some. It was, and not only that, just, you know, forever writing throughout my life, just what I felt. And also having the, the you know, the gift of gab and also the, you know, the blessing of being able to express myself at an early age. It backfired against me a little bit at an early age because, you know, yeah. Confessing your love to a 15-year-old girl don't always pan out the way you think it will. Yeah. Just <laughs> be like, boy, you really, <laughs> you know, so, but I, I, to, to say all the things, I be, like, that's why I say I was an anti-hero because I knew I possessed everything I needed to do to, to have, I already possessed everything to be able to treat every woman I encounter with, with respect and in the best way and for this interaction, whatever it to be, for it to be great for the both of us. Uh, but I believe from me allowing myself to, you know, be influenced by my environment and not staying so strong within myself, I allowed myself to just kind of go along with the element of the world that I was in, being college, um, and did as did as the other men did because yeah. that was the environment that we were in. We have all these women. We can do all these things. We can move <laughs> however way we want to because. Who, what other place in the world is like Can this? you do it, yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's what the motivating factor of so many, because I know so many men who I thought were like the most quietest men in the world, and I found out <laughs> they was out here. No, everybody going. <laughs> dicking down, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I cannot believe you got these girls fighting over you. I did not even know you was yeah, that person. Man. Oh, God, college was, yeah. It was, it was a good time still. But, oh, definitely. But not, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, this has been great. Oh, this has been so good. This has been so good. <laughs> but I can't t- keep taking more of your time, even though I want to continue to keep talking to you about this. But we're going to continue the conversation for everyone who keeps listening. You know, I'm going to make sure you see the hashtags and when, when you know, when I post yeah, this out and do sure. all the things. Um, but before I let you go, you know, um, I see, I would love to know before you go, because you are a individual who creates with, yes. who creates Music and I've listened to I've listened to I've listened to the hoodie the hoodie joint you know what I'm saying and it's a vibe it's a vibe you know but your EP it was called Seven correct Dear Seven Dear Seven Dear Seven when did you put that out August seventh oh that's so weird I'm superstitious about sevens honestly um, but your birthday is July the seventh it is <laughs> so and that's part of the reason why like usually things usually happen for me or fall on the sevens. So it's just kind of ironic that that was brought up today and it's May 7th and <laughs> I dropped it on August 7th. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was Look at that. Year. We yeah, record. This didn't happen until a yeah. seventh came. Look at that. 
<laughs> I don't even try. It just it just happens. So that's like my one superstition. Um, but yeah, that was that was last August. Okay. Any any new things on the horizon? You working on anything? Oh though? yeah. Um, there are a lot of new things on the horizon. Um, and I'm just such a quality over quantity type of person. So I just want to I wait until things are ready to be shared and released. But I'm definitely working on some new music. Um, and we'll be recording soon. And I have a lot of, you know, big plans for these next few months. So I'm very excited. And when it's time for everybody to know, they'll all they'll all know. Well, <laughs> but until well, then, I'll keep it under wraps. Well, if you need any platform to come and just, uh, you know, and have some discourse on the music that you create, because I know it will create conversation, you mm -hmm. always have a place here at Simply King Podcast. I want I you to know that. You that. know what I'm saying? And I want you to tell everyone because they must must follow <laughs> you um and everyone who does follow you from here on out you're welcome whoever's listening it's good um, shit on the page yeah. but no tell everybody how they can follow you and keep up with you um i'm on instagram and twitter at the kayanova t-h-e-k-a-y-a-n-o-v-a um and you can follow me on there mm, okay 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 <laughs> And I, I believe like all of your music things are attached to all your sites, to all your uh, yes, social media I'm, as well. I'm on every streaming, everything, title, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, I'm everywhere. <laughs> so. Get a, get her everywhere. So ain't no excuse. Yes. Ain't no excuse. Ain't no excuse. It's already on your phone. Stop playing. <laughs> press the button. Press search. <laughs> um, but also, since we talking about where we at and where we be, if you don't know, now you know, you can follow me. Rodney Perry, also known as King, at everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr. Also, follow the podcast page on Instagram called Simply Simply King Pod. Just Simply King Pod. It's real simple and easy. Um, keep following. Really dope things happening this summer. I'm so glad the weather is getting better because I am tired of it not mm -hmm. being the way it needs to be. Um but keep tuning in. It's the countdown to a brother's birthday, so I'm feeling real good and only feel <laughs> better. And I do not want to hear any Gemini slander from nobody because I do have time. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I do have time. <laughs> I do. Not, I, I can't take it. Uh, but nothing against Gemini's. No, but you, you know, you you're a Cancer, so you you, you get it. Right. You know I mean, saying? I don't have much room to talk, but you get, but you get it. Talk. You know what I'm saying? We're close. <laughs> That's why you get it. You know, I got a lot of Cancer <laughs> friends. Um, but no, I appreciate y'all for listening. I appreciate you, Kaya, for giving me your time. I knew you were going to give me what you just gave me, and I, it's it's nothing but a word. You know what I'm saying? And I needed it. I really needed it. But nonetheless. You just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. I am Rodney Perry, and this is Simply King. Peace. Talk to y'all next week. Good morning.